Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to the Bradley Wiggins Show by Eurosport, the home of cycling, sponsored by Lacquer Bicycle Insurance. I'm Graham Wilgos. Brad, another fine evening Ooh. in Bath. An even finer evening for Tade Pogaccia. We're back in the pub, outside the pub, I should say, recording minutes after the finish of the final time trial of the Tour de France, stage 20, a little over 36 kilometres of road, finishing on the five and a half kilometre climb to Planche de Belfi. Tade Pogaccia started the day 50 seconds off Primoz Roglic on GC. And Brad history in the making today what a day what a day even i got excited uh, i know. mean oh my word yeah I, um, we didn't see that coming today did we i run out of things to say about it to be honest because um we haven't stopped talking about it since and uh i mean Pugacha, i mean just started the day a minute down i thought he'd lose time today um he didn't only take that minute, he's got another minute. He's won the stage by a minute and 20. He's put the two minutes in Rodlicks on the stage and he's won the Tour de France by a minute. A quite um, exceptional 21 years of age. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely phenomenal. Um, and is this the start of something very special now for the next 15 years? Well, me and podcast Pete were in the studio watching. I didn't believe for a second no. he would do it. Pete, he called it. Brad, you were on comms with Rob Hatch. Here's how Rob saw it and called it for Eurosport. You can have your Le Mans and Fignon. This is Roglic and Pogacar. This is 2020. This is the Tour de France being lost and being won on the left and right. Pogacar turned up to the Welter for a debut last year in a Grand Tour. He won three stages and finished on the podium. He made a real name for himself as one of the big stars of the future. But only 12 months on, he's a star of a present. And look at the horror on the wow. faces of Dumoulin and Fenard. They cannot believe what they're seeing. Neither can we. And Tadej Pogacar is 250 metres away from turning the tables and winning the Tour de France in the most dramatic fashion since 1989. Pogacar to take the waving flags. All of Fenard's man of the match and Superman work has been for nothing. Tom Dumoulin's even going to have the stage win snatched away. Yeah, look at the clock. He's here in the white jersey. Today, Pogacar started the day with a little bit of hope. He had better believe it now. Today, Pogacar, only 21 years of age. By the time he turns 22 on Monday, he will be wearing the yellow jersey as a winner of the Tour de France. Pogacar across the line, he takes the stage, he takes white, he's the king of the mountains, and he is the winner of the 2020 Tour de France. Pogacar has pulled off quite the comeback. Pogacar has turned the tables. History's been made. Never ever forget where you were on Saturday the 19th of September 2020. He'll remember it forever. 
as will we all. It was the day that Primoz Roglic lost the Tour de France on La Planche de Belfi. Slovenia has its winner. It's not the man you're expecting. Pogacar has humiliated Roglic. That is that. And he will exchange white for yellow. Uh, so, Brad, let's start with the winner of the stage, the winner of the Tour. Uh, an unbelievable performance from Tadej Pogacar. The first time since Eddie Merckx in 1969 that a rider yeah. has taken three jerseys. And we're sitting here in Bath. The world is happening around us. Everyone's going out for the night, Saturday night. Unawares that this kid, what this kid has done today. It's quite something, really. What a, uh, what a performance. Um, you know, I, I'm trying to think, rack my brains now, whether Roglic had the worst performance of his life. But I don't think he did, really. I just think he got outclassed by someone who is very, very special. Uh, because he was very close to Van Aert, he's very close to Dumoulin, his teammates that were up there. He was 30 seconds off of them, but he just kept taking time. And even I thought in commentary, you know, he's going to blow at some point and Rod Litch is going to up his game. He didn't. He just kept going and kept going and kept going. And, uh, I mean... Pogaccio put one minute, 21 seconds into Tom Dumoulin yeah. today, who I think a lot of us were looking at for the stage. Wout Van Aert was also very impressive. Uh, Dumoulin beat Van Aert over the line. Um, I mean, it, all of this indicates, surely, this might be the start of something very special yeah. for Pogaccia. And I'm even thinking where Egan Bernal fits into that coming back. Mm. This time last year, we were talking about Bernal now dominating for the next few years. Where does this put G? Where does this put Froome? Can Froome win another tour? Um, it, it seems to change the whole dynamic of the sport now in terms of who's going to dominate going forward. It really feels like a generation has, has it passed. It feels like a change. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Change the guard massively. Um, so, Pogaccia, has he totally played Jumbo Visma this tour? Because they've done all the, the riding, all the running since the start. Pogaccia, we feel like, has, he's barely had a team with him. Mm. Yeah. At, at no point can I remember Pogaccia no. being surrounded by, uh, no, by his teammates not. in the same way that Primoz Roglic has been. No, absolutely not. And um, I think, um, you know, we look at, I don't think he's played him. I just think he's, he's probably surprised himself a little bit as well today. And we saw that at the finish when he couldn't believe it. It took an element. He said in his interview, you know, it's going to take a while to sink in. You know, as much as Jumbo are going to now have an element of rebuilding and soaking it up, Primoz Rodlich is, I, don't, I think we're just as stunned. You know, it's like it's one of them performances that you, you, we're trying to put into words and define it. And it's very difficult to. Mm. It's, um, I can't, I'm failing to think of another performance in any sport that is such an upset to this degree. Well, a lot of people were talking about Fignon versus Le Mans yeah. back in 1989. That was a, 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 a margin of victory of just eight seconds in the end that I don't think anyone saw coming. Liverpool's um, Champions League over AC Milan, you know, 2005. I mean, this is uh, quite something, really. And, um, you know, I think even even that Fignon battle, there was, you know, things that came into play that we now know. You know, obviously, um, aerodynamics, Le Monde used tri-bars for the first time over Fignon. Yeah, Fignon didn't even have a helmet. But this was, day. everyone was on the same par, everyone was on the same level. This was... Uh, this man just blew the world of cycling out of the water today. And there was no indicator that that was coming yeah. in the previous days. You know, Rodlich was looking strong. It looked as if Pogacar was tiring. Roglic took time out of him on that steep climb a few days ago. Pogacar lost time in the first week, didn't he, in the crosswinds? He lost one minute and 21 seconds in the crosswinds on stage seven. Yeah, so there you go. I mean, it's, um, it's not been a smooth ride for him by any means. He's been isolated at times by his own team. But even he said at the finish, you know, he has to thank his team for it behind the scenes as well. The bike change was swift. You know, the bike change of Roglic didn't look comfortable at all. It looked, it looked terribly clumsy, didn't it? Yeah, it did. Just and, before the and climb. And after that, Roglic was out the saddle a lot, in the saddle, out the saddle. His helmet was crooked. He looked 
a broken man at the finish coming up that finish straight in his face. Uh, he knew he'd probably lost by that point. They were giving him time checks. There was an image of Tom Dumoulin and Walt Van Aert stood at the finish. They looked sickened by the whole thing. Van Aert had said in an interview that he was planning, looking forward to a party tonight. Yeah. You can imagine that the yellow bike had turned up from Bianchi. You, you know, they were probably building that. They probably shorts and kit arrived for all the team to ride into Paris in this Jumbo ceremony. Jumbo Visma saying as well, 90 to 95% sure that Roglic was going to win it. Yeah, yeah. What a fool he must feel now. It just shows you that it's not over to the fat lady things. Talk to me about being on the road in that situation. So Pogacar said afterwards that he couldn't hear what his DS was saying in his ear because there was so much noise from the fans yeah. on the side of the road. Whereas you've got to imagine... Roglic would definitely have known with the time checks. I know Brian Smith asked you on commentary, yeah. would they have been telling Roglic the truth? You have to. <laughs> you have to tell him. I hope they were. Like you're losing time by the bucket load. What would they have been telling him to well, sort of calm him down maybe or, well, or to get him refocused? Well, factual and... information. If they were telling him that he was losing time by the bucket load, then you can imagine the psychological effect that's going to have on you. Um, that can take away from your performance. There is an element of thinking, you know, do you lie to this guy? Whatever way you look at it. I don't think there's much he could have done today. Brad, that psychological element, not just on the road, but beforehand we saw with Tadej Pogacar, he looks so so much more relaxed yeah. than... Okay, so we saw Roglic warming up, and you pointed this out yeah, on I the did, live yeah. coverage. Roglic so. looked 100% focused. He had his skin suit on. He was warming up. It seemed like nothing else was in his mind, whereas Pogacar, he had his casual sunglasses on. He, didn't even, he had his skin suit around yeah. his waist. Uh, they looked like chalk and cheese warming up. They did. And I would have associated that with um, Roglic going the better man, but it just shows you how different and how wrong I can be in terms of sport being... Sometimes it's not always about that. And I think that's what people love about this winner, is the youthful exuberance of him, the casualness of it. Did that help him today, just knowing that all he had to do was go out and give his best? Well, probably, yeah. He had nothing to lose, did he? Yeah. Look what he has with. He won everything other than green. So he's won the white jersey for the Young Riders classification. He's won the King of the Mountains, which... Richard Carabaz, Team Ineos, was going hard for today. He soft-pedaled to the bottom of the climb. Yeah. When he finished, he was fourth, uh, fourth up the climb. Uh, but Pogaccio has just gone and blown absolutely everyone out of the water. Yeah, and I'm just looking at Pogaccio's Instagram from two days ago. He said, um, you know, never thought I'd be wearing a polka dot jersey, even if it's just for one day. It was an amazing experience. Tomorrow in white again. Hope we take it more easy before a brutal time trial on Saturday bring it on. So just to wear the jersey for one day meant what it meant to him. Was he enough got for three him, yeah. And he's going to be riding into Paris in yellow. He was just happy to be at the Tour de France and look what he's achieved. So we've talked about Jumbo Visma almost certainly preparing to be riding into Paris tomorrow wearing yellow. Team UAE, Pogacar's team, how are they going to be approaching tonight? I mean, they're going to have a lot of marketing people running around looking for a lot of yellow products, aren't they? Well, I wonder if um, Carl Nago are going to get a bike to him during the night, the yellow one. Yeah. Did they ever imagine at the start of the Tour de France in bringing all that with them, yellow shorts, this, that and the others? I don't think they would have done. It's, um, it's been quite a couple of weeks for them. I actually think it'd be nice if they didn't and he rode into Paris just in the yellow jersey. Yeah. That's probably never happened before. But I guarantee Carl Nago, I mean, we were trying to think when Carl Nago was, last won the Tour de France. I know Merckx won the Tour on a Carl Nago, but obviously it was branded Eddie Merckx. I'm still trying to get my head around the whole thing. Take us back to you confirming yellow after the time trial in Chartres. How did you feel when you crossed the line? There's that fam those famous images of you punching the air, knowing that after three weeks... The pressure was off, finally, mm. knowing that you'd won the tour. Um, How's Pogaccio going to be feeling tonight? Well, it was, I think it's completely different because we'd been building to that for 14 days and that was confirmation. He, when it falls upon your shoulders like this, that must be quite an experience. I, I can't even make into imagine what that must feel like. Um, that was just, when I did it, it was more consolidation of what we always believed. Mm. I would wonder how Roglic feels tonight. 
he didn't be in a similar position building to that point where it was going to be confirmed tonight. You know, when he comes down to dinner tonight with his teammates, um, I mean, it, it must be a horrible place to be. But you know what? What a great sportsman he is as well. The shots we saw at the finish. Such a class. The first thing he did was walk over to Bogaccio and congratulate him. Fifth that day on the time trial in Chartres was Richie Port, who rode an absolute stormer today. Eight years later, he's finally got a, t a Tour de France podium at 35 years old. Uh, no, no man more deserving. And you saw what it meant to him. He's um, been a stalwart over the years for, for team leaders. He helped me. He was a big part of that when I won. He could have won that year. He could have won the year after when he was helping Froome up Alpduez when Froome cracked. His uh, second child was born during the race. He missed that, obviously, to do this. And so it's great reward for him. There's talk of him moving on next year in a helping role to another team. And this was probably his last attempt, and last shot to do it. Mm. This is just reward for all the years of bad luck and this and the other. There's no one fully deserving of a podium place more than Richie. And we can hear an interview with Richie Port now with Bernie Eisel. Richie Port has got onto the podium at this Tour de France with an extraordinary time tie performance. Richie, I'm so happy for you. It must be impossible to describe how you're feeling, but have a go. Oh, look, I mean, it's, it's been a, a funny old race for me through the years. You know, I've had so many disasters. I almost had a couple here, but you know, the, the team's been incredible. Um, it's been a, a great three weeks. You know, I came here um, with my wife's blessing. I missed the birth of our second child. So to come away with a podium, it's just, you know, absolutely incredible. You know, to have, I'll have that photo on my wall when I retire. Uh, on the on the shots with, with two other massive champions, so you know I'm I'm just absolutely humbled. It's not really sunk in yet. I mean, I've got to tell you, I know that everyone at home has been rooting for you throughout your career, and it's almost like there couldn't possibly be someone better on the podium for us. The support from home. Tell us about that. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, you have guys like Robbie McEwen messaging you. You know, I I used to stay up watching the Stuart O'Grady's the. Brad McGee's, uh, you know, Baden Cooks, all these guys who are my heroes to now be in this race and, and uh, finish on the podium. And of course, Cadell, the, the best of them all. Um, you know, it's, it's a dream come true. And, you know, it's been so many years of hard toil, you know, kind of flew under the radar here a bit, but I'm just so happy, you know, I think if I can do it, you know, anyone can, to be honest. You missed the birth of Eloise. Was it worth it to go on the podium and maybe send her a message right now? Yeah, look, I think, you know, when, when my son Luca was born, I won the Tour de Suisse. And then to come and be third here, you know, it's probably the, the last tour I'm going to do with a, a GC um, leadership role. So to, to be third, it feels like a win for me. I can tell you now, we're so happy. I want to give you a hug, but we're not allowed. Well yeah. done, Richie. Congratulations. Thanks. Lacquer's collective cover is made especially for cyclists, for life on and off your bike. Lacquer has flipped outdated traditional insurance on its head with no more fixed upfront premiums. Instead, your monthly contributions are based on the collective's claims that month. Your max monthly price is capped, but the savings are all yours. Plus, 80% of your money goes straight back into the collective, fixing, replacing and helping. And the other 20% keeps their wheels spinning. It's as simple as that. And when things go bad, Lacquer's got your back. Claims are handled by experts and usually agreed within a day, with no depreciation or excess. They've ditched annual contracts locking you in. With Lacquer, if you want to leave, you can, anytime. 
head over to www.lacquer.co where new customers can get £10 credit by signing up today with the discount code WIGGINS. Welcome back to the Bradley Wiggins Show, sponsored by Lacquer. Brad, Sean Kelly, the last man to, to yeah. wear green from Ireland, 1989, into Paris. Uh, Sam Bennett's going to be doing it tomorrow. He is. Barring utter disaster, he'll be standing on the podium in green tomorrow too. Yeah, and I think he can win the stage. Um, you know, good on Sam. He's grown through this race. He's really, there's a calmness about him now that there wasn't a few weeks ago. Um, it's almost like he's come of age. He's now confirmed to the world he's one of the best sprinters in the world. And, you know, good on him. He deserves, deserves it all, really. Um, it's so much has happened today. It's, um, it's trumped everything else, really. I mean, it's Sam winning green. That's historic. Pogacar winning the race. We didn't even get a chance to do the tragedy of my life since we're taking yellow part three. Well, we? Or mine for that matter. But we, or Graham's, which starts next week. <laughs> something to look forward to. Uh, UAE, of course, took stage one with Christoph, Alexander Christoph. I mean, that would be a hell of a way to bookend the race for them. Yeah. Could, he, could he take the win tomorrow on the Champs-Élysées? Potentially, but I think he's probably, well, them guys will get round him and celebrate tomorrow. Yeah. How, whether that extends to, to him, you know, going for the sprint or not, I don't know. I mean, that might be a celebration for them guys. Now we have to look after this yellow jersey. They've not yeah. been able to be there times in the mountains with him. Yeah. So tomorrow's might do. You know, let's not forget, it's a bunch of sprints, man. We know how hectic they can be. There's a chance of a crash or anything. Well, Caleb Ewan will fancy it tomorrow too. He's quietly he just been doing all he can to get through the, the last, the yeah. past few stages. Uh, and Peter Sagan can never rule him out. Yeah, Peter, I still think that as much as it's a change of the guard with the GC area era, it's, it's appearing that way in the, in the sprints now. You know, Greipel's been non-existent in this race, hasn't he? Peter Gann hasn't been the man he was in the past, although he's not done and dusted, that's for sure. But Caleb, you are now reared to the fore, one of the fastest men in the world. And Sam Bennett, if not the fastest man in the world. And a man we can't rule out who is also very impressive today, Wout Van Aert. Could you see him going long tomorrow? Um, you know, it, it, it's almost, they've finished their race now on a disappointment almost, aren't they? After, after all they've done, after all the riding they've done, after how they've controlled the race, how they've, they've nursed... Primoz Roglic to this point. They haven't put a foot wrong. And, and Roglic just failed to um, beat someone who's clearly going to be very, very special now the next 10 years. Brad, another word on Yumbo. They wanted to be, and, and to all intents and purposes, without the win, are the new Ineos in the way that they've controlled the race. I want to pick up on Jonathan Vorter's comments, saying no one really likes them, and that's all he will say on it. What do you make of that? Well, I don't know, JV, just, why don't you just tell us, let us in? Let us into the secret. What is it? You know, because it just leaves, like, bitterness. And it? it's like, just tell us. What have they done wrong? They've been a bunch of you know, in some way, clearly. I mean, you know, what you're alluding to, you know, it's like, oh, they've been pretty bad, but I won't tell you why. Well, it's not something we can see from the outside, is it? No, but who cares? I mean, they, you know, <sighs> look, no one likes a winner, do they? And they've been dominant. Um, there was another rider, I think, piped up and said... Oh, they've been riding too hard at certain times when they didn't need to. <laughs> Boo-hoo. <laughs> That's why you're in the Tour de France, isn't it? Hey, look, Yumbo and the management probably got a bit above everything planning party, selling four croissants for a pound. Um, to, it, to celebrate the Tour, yeah. Yeah, it's not done yet, is it? And it just shows you the difference. 90, 95% sure we're going to win this Tour? Well, hang on a minute, mate. They've still got to get up this hill. And, and it just shows you that that may have all contributed to, you know, Primoz Rodley. Who knows? They may have thrust the yellow bike under his nose this morning and said, oh, this is your bike turned up for Parish. You know? You just don't know, do you? It's like, well, Van Aert was saying we were preparing for a party tonight. And it's like, hey, I mean, 
that could have all played a part. I mean, I think all of us made a good point that Dave Brailsford would always think of what could go wrong. Yeah. And it was never done until it was done. Yeah. We said it before, Roglic looked white as a ghost when he crossed the line. Was that because of the psychological pressure that he was under? Was it because his legs no. finally, finally I mean, cracked? I mean, psychological. He just realised he'd lost the Tour de France. Yeah, yeah. And that must have been quite horrible for him coming up that last kilometre. He looked hurt, didn't he? In, in a discipline that you thought he would have made his own up there. Port's taken the podium ahead of Miguel Angel Lopez, who we saw... Roglic pass I think in the Lopez final is couple still of out there and hasn't finished. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> he mean, still he still finished in the top ten on GC, uh, but a disappointing day for him in Astana too. I mean, yeah, shocking. You know, I mean, we knew he wasn't a great time trialist, but that that's quite far removed from the man who won in quite dominant style a few days ago, didn't it? Yeah. So Brad Pogacar going into Paris in yellow tomorrow. You know exactly how that feels. Yeah. Take, take us through it from the, the time you wake up in the morning to the time you get on your bike to the time that you actually make it onto the Champs-Élysées. Yeah. I mean, it's a celebration. We still had a job to do when we got onto the Champs-Élysées for Cav. Oh, so so UAE might still have a job to do for Yeah, of course. Too. Of course. Um, our cameraman, James, today asked, didn't he, whether um, is there any chance that Roglic could attack or Jumbo could set something up to attack? Yeah. Because, you know, I think it's quite hard for the cycling world sometimes that people are new to it to understand... Um, there's some sort of gentleman's agreement that the last day is all bets off. That isn't true of every year. If you remember back years ago, Bernardino attacked on the last day. Um, but he's got a lot of time to make up if he wants to attack, doesn't he? But I think it's more, I don't know what that is. It's, I think it's more of a, the gentleman agreement that come from some sort of respect that, um, you know, if you were going to win the Tour, you'd have won it by now. So yeah. why try it in Paris, you know? And he's, he's not got much scope to do it. There's one Category 4 climb tomorrow, but you've got to imagine that everyone will, will treat... The final stage, as it usually is, in, in that it's a ceremonial stage. Yeah, it'd be a mark of respect, and Pogacar's won this thing, you know. They had their chance to. And if you haven't done it by now, then... Yeah, I think... So it is, yeah, I can't see anyone really trying anything tomorrow. It'll be... And if they did... I mean, it, for them to stay away as well, it's it's very big ask on a, on a flat course, but... Were you sipping champagne on the on the way into Paris, or because you knew you had that job to do for I Cav? held the glass up and then chucked it in the bushes. yeah. Yeah, we still had a job to. I was very, very focused that day. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't want to go in for all the sort of poncing about riding along. It was just because I really wanted to pay back Cav for the job he'd done. Yeah. Well, all are caught up with Mark Cavendish and his memories of that 2012 tour coming onto the Champs-Élysées. Here he is now. So, Mark, how are you? You've just finished the Tour of Luxembourg. We're hearing all sorts coming out of that race. How have you survived it? How's it been? It's been okay, thank you. I was in the breakaway today, actually. Once in a, one, once in a while thing, that. Like, <laughs> now nah, it was good. It's, it's here the other year. Obviously, you get what you can in when you're not doing the Tour de France. So, uh, I just kind of like, you're getting around it, I guess. But, like, felt super good. Numbers are good. So we nearly had a win today, unfortunately. Uh, our young Colombian teammate, he celebrated a lot too early on the finish. But, uh you know, he's not the first person to do, he won't be the last. And uh, we're super proud of him, he's going strong. So. Mark, I want to take you back to 2012 because that was such a special one for so many reasons and for so many people. We had Bradley Wiggins, who's a member of our team now, of course, in the yellow jersey, the first British winner of the Tour de France. You were sprinting uh, once again for a win in the Champs-Élysées in the Rainbow Bands, let's not forget. That was such a special day and such a special win, wasn't it? That's... That's pretty special, that one. That is the most special. Um, you know, take away the stage win. Um, 
I never thought in my career I'd be part of a, a world championship, uh, a Tour de France winning team, you know. Um, and then to think I wasn't just part of a team, I was with, like, I think it, 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 it's common, commonly known, you know, my relationship with Brad, you know, he's like my brother. And to think where we came from, we went to the Tour de France and uh, and he was he, he was there in Paris in the, in the yellow jersey. Then that on its own is something special. Um, but you know, to to then say, okay, I'm not gonna just sip champagne over the line. You know, we're we're gonna win this, and uh, you just see, just see, it's not just give like giving it a go when when you when you when you watch the final kilometer. When you see when he comes over the flamme rouge, like how he blitzes everyone else. Um, you know, that was that meant so much to me. You know, because. He was given everything, emptying, emptying the tank there, you know, and uh, yeah, to to win in the in the rainbow bands then was nice. But but I think the fact the Brad had won the tour was was definitely more special, and he was leading me out in the yellow jersey. That's for sure. I remember the whole build up to that day in the Champs Elysees, Mark, and and the whole avenue was covered with people wearing wigo and cav masks. It was quite freaky everywhere you looked. It was a replica, and side a replica mark. What's that? Do you remember everyone had them stick on side bits? <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> Were you aware of that hysteria and that level of fandom, which is something I don't think we've seen again since? Um, yeah, around, like, you, you, you didn't go 10 metres at whole Tour de France of, like, allez, we go, allez, we go, <laughs> you know? Like, uh, like the most British accent for the word allez you'll ever hear, but for three weeks, you know? Um, <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was good. That was pretty special, you know. Uh, that was, yeah. I still, I, I always say, I still think we could have won more that Tour de France, but, uh, but Brad winning the yellow jersey is there's something like really for for personal emotional reasons. It was, it was an amazing three weeks. So Brad Cav saying there that it's still his standout memory in terms of all of his stage wins in terms of the world championships winning on the Champs-Élysées with you setting him up from an emotional point of view from a personal point of yeah. view because he considers I mean and I know you do as well you're very close yeah I mean I was yellow jersey he was world champion two people from the same generation you know and in a year which British sport transformed wasn't it um, with everyone else that achieved that year um, the Olympic Games it, you know being in yellow and being able to do that cross I don't think it's ever happened does it as well Coming across the Place de la Concorde with the world champion on your on your on your wheel, it was amazing. I think it was his fourth victory. He's never won since, has he, on the Champs? No, that um, was his final victory on the yeah. Champs Elysees. So what you know, I'll always remember that day. I still got the jersey from that day. Well, Pete has at the moment, which I plan to get back. Courtesy of podcast, Pete. What can you remember? What Cav said to you as soon as you so as soon as you had crossed the line? Get hell, lad. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was it. And then a hug. Lovely. Brad, go on. Give us a prediction. Who's your money on for tomorrow? Sam Bennett. Sam Bennett, Caleb, Caleb Ewan, not to make it two in a row. Um, I think I'd, Sam winning green, will, that'll be the top off for the tour. With what happened today with, with him, Sam making history, not only winning green, but winning the stage as well. 
No Irishman. Sean never won on the Sean's Elysee, did he? No. So um, he got his suitcase nicked, but he never won on the Sean's Elysee. Yeah. So um, it'll be great to see Sam. We look forward to seeing that play out, and that brings us to the end of this episode of the Bradley Wiggins Show by Eurosport. Thank you to our sponsor, Lacquer Bicycle Insurance. Thank you, Brad. Uh, thank you. You can follow us on social media. Sorry, you can follow you on social media. You first, because it's your show. It is my show, Graham. At no, Sir, it's our show. At Sir Wigo. Yep. You can also follow Eurosport on Twitter at Eurosport underscore UK. Plus, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook. Thank you, too, to our producer, Pete Burton. Pete Burton. Finally, from me, Graham Wilgos, it's goodbye. If you've enjoyed the show, please do subscribe, share your thoughts, and rate us wherever you pod. Brad, before I leave you... We've had some great reaction to yesterday's podcast. Yeah, we have. Yeah. Um, and yeah. an important subject to put the tour aside for um, and have a conversation with our old mate Manny. Yeah, and we put that to one side and covered it. It was the start of, of, of what we need to do. But off the back of that, we had a fantastic day in the Tour de France. And I believe I heard this morning that um, Nico Roach and um, uh, Luke Rowe were actually speaking with CPA and ASO about making some sort of stance and some, doing something about it tomorrow in Paris. Nothing's been confirmed yet, but it's it's an interesting movement, isn't it? That off the back yeah, of all really, this really interview is. with Kevin, that it's created what should have happened, and I think this is fantastic news. Yeah. All right. Well, we look forward to seeing that tomorrow. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.